When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show, with Dave, Honky, Mac, and Boomer. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I am your host, David Gaspers. I'm with uh, two of my best Husker buds, Boomer. Howdy. Looking forward tonight to Jim Delaney spending his $20 million all for the benefit of the student-athlete. <laughs> and Honky. Yeah, and uh, I'm kind of uh, paying attention to the recruits right now, sending Miles a message that 11 is enough players on this team. And and uh, so, you know, hopefully we, we can get a few more. That's all you need for Husker basketball right there. You know, I've been uh, digging deep into the uh, Big Ten rulebook for uh, tiebreakers for baseball, and I'm pretty sure this tie against Indiana that we got a couple months ago could land us behind Wisconsin in the standings if we're not careful. Ooh, ooh, that's tough. Around the Van Horn. We are talking baseball tonight on the Go Big Red cast. Uh, you know, it's that time of season where Husker fans start listening in a little bit more to Nebraska baseball. And Darren Erstad's team is, seems to be peaking at the right time, uh, ranked in uh, two different polls now, um, and seems to be in a good position to make the tournament. Uh, Honky Boomer, you've been uh, paying attention to this uh, last couple weeks? Oh, absolutely. Been watching. Uh been watching the uh, standings pretty tight. We're still at the top of it. Uh, Minnesota, Maryland, close behind. Michigan's putting a nice run together here, so they're threatening now too. So it's uh, going to be an exciting finish here in the Big Ten. What have three or four of the teams in the conference been ranked at, at different points in the season right now? I mean, just the depth of the conference in baseball compared to when we joined five, six years ago. I mean, it's amazing the, the change already. It's true. Uh, I think at least I think four Big Ten teams have been ranked uh, now with Nebraska getting in the polls. Uh, Michigan's been ranked almost all, the whole year. Maryland's been in for a good portion of it, just fell out. And then Indiana's been in uh, for a little bit. So uh, and those are probably your four top top teams in the, uh, the, the why, conference. So. Why again, Dave, did we tie Indiana? What is the rule about, about that? Uh, that? It could happen at any conference, but I think um, – in a conference with poor weather conditions, uh, unless you plan ahead, it can happen more often than than others. And so, uh, with the uh, the Indiana tie, they actually uh, just simply had a travel schedule where they had had to leave the airport at a certain time, and they went to the eleventh inning, and they just called the game. So um, to, it happens to, about once a year, it seems like. So to Boomer's point at the beginning, that, that extra $20 million that Delaney's going to get for his own private jet, there would be no value at all for the conference to, to utilize that money any other way so that maybe we don't have to end in, in third-grade ties is what you're getting at. Yeah, it'd be nice if they had some, some private airline just to fly them around. That'd make a difference. Oh, huh? If only if only that could happen. <laughs> I don't know. There's no tying in baseball. Yes, there uh, is. There is, actually. There is tying and crying in baseball, in Big Ten baseball. So let's run through the uh, conference standing, guys. And uh, uh, Boomer got us off to a good start there. But let's actually 
uh, dive in a little bit deeper and uh, have a better understanding of what Nebraska needs to do to to win this thing, which could be the first uh, conference championship in baseball since, I think, 2005, which was the last time we went to the World Series, and really the, the first significant uh, conference title for any men's or you know men's team, you know basketball, football, baseball, etc. Um, so Nebraska sits at the top, 14 and six. Uh, we have uh, the pesky Golden Gophers looming behind us at 12 and six. This is a, a funky thing. Talking about makeup games and and travel issues, Rutgers had an entire series canceled versus Minnesota. I think it was in early April. Uh, where Rutgers could not get out of the East Coast because of travel issues. Uh, they just agreed us, I'd say about a week or two ago, to make up two of the three games. I believe it's tomorrow night in uh, Minneapolis. So we're going to play a doubleheader. Um, and so Minnesota and Rutgers uh, plays tomorrow night a midweek conference uh, series, which is really weird and messes up their pitching, I'm sure. Uh, but Minnesota actually has five games to play, so that's where that tie could really get the Huskers because if Minnesota would happen to win uh, all five, uh, they could steal the, the, the regular season uh, title from, from the Huskers. Michigan 14-7, and seven, just behind them by a game. Maryland, who's lost two series in a row, including this weekend where they lost to the lowly Northwestern Wildcats, uh, is down at 15-9 and nine and is now actually kind of really slipped out. Um, Iowa 13 and 8, Indiana 12 and 8. They also have at least one tie. Oh, that's our tie, obviously. Um, and then at the bottom, uh, there's only eight teams that make the tournament, Big Ten tournament: Purdue, Northwestern, Michigan State, um, all fighting for that last last spots. So the the not necessarily every team is going to be playing the same number of games. Then is that correct? Like Minnesota might be playing one less. Yes, correct. Minnesota is going to end with uh, 23 conference games. So. Correct. And then. Is there something to do with your winning percentage that that is that lists who's number one? So, like, if you played an extra one less game or one more game, you're going to have a different winning percentage, and then you throw our tie in, and now we've got some right. you know, elaborate, you know, it, you know, calculus kind of you know equation going on here. But a regular season conference championship and the seating in the tournament is based off of win percentage within conference. Uh, you should be playing 24 games. Uh, Minnesota's only going to play 23, as Boomer just said. The thing with the tie is, is that it counts half as a win and half as a loss, but it says we play 24 games. Uh, so that actually lowers our win percentage because it's it's would be, let's say, if we won all three versus Penn State this weekend, we'd be 17-6-1, and one, and so that would be divided out of 24, not 23 like Minnesota. And Minnesota would win by percentage points. Utterly ridiculous. Um, we, we beat them a head-to-head. Um, in Minneapolis, and based off of a, a ridiculous tie against Indiana, uh, we would lose uh, the one seed in the tournament and in the conference championship. But no worries, you can always count on Rutgers to follow through and win key games. So nothing to worry yes, about there. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, we may be worrying about this for not guys. To be honest with you, I mean, the odds of Minnesota winning all all five games, the midweek games are an absolute crapshoot. Really hard to figure out, and then you would have. Uh, Minnesota going against Purdue, I believe, uh, over the weekend. And Purdue's actually looking pretty good uh, and also fighting for a, a spot in the tournament. So, I mean, I think it's likely that Minnesota loses a game, but there's no guarantee that Nebraska can sweep Penn State. I mean, I mean, Maryland just lost a 200 RPI Northwestern, two out of three. So you got to watch your guard. Indiana lost to Penn State uh, in a game this weekend. So uh, the Huskers can't take anything for granted at this point. 
So RPI doesn't, you know, doesn't get in, into any of that discussion. RPI is 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 specifically towards postseason play. Is that accurate to say, like seeding and how you get into regionals and and all that? It, it doesn't really have anything to do with the the conference championship. Yeah, that's correct. You notice, uh, fans, that we're doing a role reversal tonight. Uh, we got Boomer and Honk asking me the questions, and I'm I'm answering it. I'm probably the biggest diehard uh, Husker baseball fan out, out of the group, um, and uh, I love looking at stats. And RPI is a stats-driven uh, metric. It's not perfect by any means, and it's similar to what the base or basketball um, RPI is. I mean, it's the same idea: strength of schedule and opponent strength of schedule. Um, and the RPI is is weighted in in baseball. This happened just recently. I, I don't know, maybe the last five. 10 years, someone else out there probably knows exactly when it happened, where uh, to help out um, kind of northern teams that do a lot of uh, of their early season on the road, uh, road victories count uh, more than uh, home uh, victories. It's like a 1.3 to 0.7 ratio. So RPI is a bit weighted for, for road games. Um, so a home win doesn't count as much as a home or a, a road win, if that makes any sense. Um, which is, has helped out the Big Ten RPI-wise um, to have a lot more competition. Right now, Nebraska is actually, I think, fourth. Uh, even though we're first in the conference, we're fourth in the RPI at 42. Uh, then we have uh, Maryland at 36, Indiana at 33, and Michigan at 31. Uh, again, really based off of strength of schedule, who you play and, and who they play and what those records are. Uh, Michigan has a really good uh, non-conference series win versus Oklahoma, played some good teams at the beginning of the year, won a lot of games, winning helps in your RPI, and and has a, a solid RPI because of it. Um, RPI, it does seem, even with that that, that unbalanced home and away, tends to favor uh, the Southeastern Conference and the ACC. Pac-12 struggles to have good RPI, Big West, etc. cetera. Uh, so it's not a perfect metric, but I think in baseball, um, even more so than basketball, because I think there's close to 300 uh, teams that play Division One, and they're very different levels of, of competition. Um, that having an RPI uh, helps out with the very unbalanced schedules uh, that that these teams play. It gives you some metric that you can lean on uh, when comparing these these teams uh, in a very much a re- regionalized sport, I guess. So to your point there a little bit earlier, Dave, about how playing on the road makes a big difference. Um, we're going to be playing a team here on the road this week, Penn State, that's going to be a 200-plus RPI. Now, that in and of itself isn't good to be playing 200-plus RPI teams, or at the very least, you certainly can't lose to them. But the fact right. that it's on the road, there is a, even, even if they're 200-whatever, as long as it's on the road, there is a certain weighted value that we would get by just beating Penn State on the road as opposed to at home. Yeah, it's better to play them on the road than, than at home. That's right. Um, and, you know, Nebraska's RPI has been kind of not really moving that much uh, over the last couple of weeks because we've been generally, you know, winning two out of three and against opponents that just aren't going to move the needle that much. Um, and so we've been kind of been set at that low 40s, uh, high 30s uh, range just because of that. There wasn't a lot of good quality RPI wins left for us after uh, we, uh, you know, got through the kind of Indiana maryland you know uh, minnesota uh bunching there uh but yeah the rpi i mean penn state it's better to play them on the road and as long as you don't 
you know, lose two out of three, uh, we're probably going to keep a top 45 RPI, which is uh, kind of a usual good break. If you're low 40s, um, you're definitely on the bubble typically. Um, but the RPI is, RPI is not the only metric that the selection committee is going to use, obviously. If Nebraska wins their conference, uh, that, that's going to go a long ways. Uh, quality wins versus the top uh, 25 in the RPI, top 15 in the RPI, all those type of things. What you've done in the last 10, I think all, all, all add up to a better story for Nebraska. I would say that the RPI this year is actually one of their weaker resume builders um, because even if we swept Penn State, because they're in the 200s, we might get up into the 38 you know, RPI range again. Uh, where we could make a little hay is in the tournament, the Big Ten tournament, you could have a draw where you do get to play a Maryland or an Indiana and a Michigan, maybe two of them. And if you, you know, go three and zero in the tournament, you could definitely work your way um, into the low thirties, maybe the the twenties. I'm not quite for certain on that. So what, what would you say, Dave, is the likelihood of us actually winning the big 10 outright, winning the conference tournament and hosting a regional? I, I like the odds of us winning the regular season. Uh, a lot of things can go, go wrong, but I think there's a good shot. The Big Ten tournament, um, it's tough, actually. You know, Ahonke was just mentioning, alluding to the, the quality of the Big Ten. It's not like what the Big 12 was, but it's much better than it was when we entered the league. I think there's four legit uh, teams that will probably make the, the tournament, and then the other four are going to have, you know, they have their own quality RPIs, you know, at least sub-100s. Um, so it's it could be a, a wide-open tournament. And the, and the tournament um, this year is, is not in Omaha for the the, the one yeah. the one off year, right? And then it goes to Omaha until like twenty eighty seven or something. So <laughs> this year it's in Indiana. Is it actually like at the University of Indiana? It's or? in Bloomington. Yeah, it's in Bloomington. It's in Bloomington. They just built a new stadium there, a uh, really nice uh, like twenty five hundred seat um, joint. So they uh, get it for one year, and uh, then back to Omaha. And I mean, Indiana is the only other school that has shown any reasonable amount of attendance um so i think it made sense to give it to them um, well and it looks if least, you're only going to get three thousand people it looks better to have it at, in a three thousand seat stadium than in target yeah. field as well i mean that was yeah you know that was oh, pretty ridiculous awful. you know and and wasn't yeah. in columbus ohio i think they had the same thing they had a they had it a few years back and and it was in a little bit bigger stadium maybe a, a minor league one or something and it, and they yeah dave actually yeah. what is the one in columbus ohio we went to it at uh during the football game last year yeah i think they might actually have uh some sort of minor league they, they have a, actually a i mean columbus has a triple a um mm-hmm. uh a team i think they play in huntington park there um you're right it's near downtown we walked and, by it and that was a uh, but uh, ohio state team. has their own has their own field on campus i think it's called nick swisher field after a major leaguer who donated a bunch of money there not too long ago oh yes that the holds nick like swisher. four or five thousand it's yeah, the, the nick triple- swisher it's the Triple A Columbus Clippers, Triple uh, yeah, A to the Cleveland Indians. Exactly, that makes sense. Well, anyway, uh, yeah, it's a bigger stadium than than what Indiana has. So you're right. I mean, it'll, it'll, I think it'll look fine. Indiana averages like I don't know somewhere around 1,900 fans a game in a 2,500 uh, seat, you know, uh, ballpark. So I mean, they 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 do all right um, compared to the rest of the Big Ten. Where I was looking at these numbers, I think. Like Maryland, even Maryland, who's actually a good program, very low low numbers. Uh, Rutgers averages 320 fans per game. Nebraska has had more fans and averages more fans in one game than Rutgers has had in, in their entire homestand. Um, it's pretty sad. I'm glad we let them in the conference. 
Yeah, and, yeah. And brought nothing Rutgers but greatness to Mike's us. Pet, yeah. uh, Boomer's pet, pet peeve. I hear you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> attendance-wise, it's Nebraska, and it's like in the SEC West. And it's like that's who dominates attendance. So, okay, so we've kind of talked about, obviously, who's going to make it into the Big Ten tournament. And then out of that, I mean, the last few years, we've been getting, what, about four to f- three to five roughly Big Ten teams kind of on average getting into the into the uh, postseason. Is that correct? I mean, you get your automatic yeah. bid, and we've been averaging about two to three um, at-larges. It seems like this year, it feels like it with four ranked teams and some good RPIs, it feels like we're, we're in that four to five team range for or, or sorry, three to four team range for like uh for the at large. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if um one of the four teams that we've already out, outlined, so Michigan, Maryland, Indiana, or Nebraska fails to win the tournament, that would probably get us five. And I think the only team that and it, a lot of things can change quickly, right? But um the only team that really looks a little sketchy from a resume standpoint, I think, is Indiana. Even though they have a really good RPI, um, they're like sixth in conference, which is something that I think the committee does look at. And so Indiana does want to make sure they finish strong here and maybe you know get back to fourth or fifth. Um, but I, I, I think right now, if the season ended today, all four of those teams are in at large bids. And then it's just I, I think Minnesota would be the next in line, but their RPI is like around seventy or so. Um, and so, I mean, they, they're playing for a lot this week. If they could somehow win all five of those games and win the conference, that would go a long ways for their at-large because even with a high RPI, that would be hard to to, to keep them out um, when they, they win the conference, even in our, our scenario where we think it's a little bit of a sketchy, sketchy way to win. So, you know, right there we're talking about teams that are going to – be competing for those at-large bids. I guess looking at NCAA baseball more in a bigger picture, who's looking as favorites for top eight seeds? Um, and then I guess, what is it, the top 16 seeds are the ones that end up you know, hosting the regionals to begin with. Does any Big Ten teams you know, fill into any of those kinds of spots? And if not, what are the, the programs? I'm guessing they're mostly all SEC, but you know, who's kind of starting to fill into those top spots there? Sure, yeah. You know, I think – uh, you know, at different times of the year, a lot of these different uh, baseball websites, D1 Baseball is a really good one. Uh, baseball America, they do all their field of 64 and and all their, you know, bracketology type stuff. And, um, you know, I, I think Michigan and Maryland at their, their peaks uh, probably were on the board of at least competing for uh, hosting one of the, the regionals, uh, top 16. Uh, but right now, uh, the RPIs aren't as strong right now as they have been. So I, I think it'd be pretty unlikely for a, a Big Ten team to host. Um, Would Nebraska have I the go, best shot because of our attendance? I mean, does that give us that? Uh, extra it doesn't boost? hurt. That doesn't hurt. I mean, that's for certain. I mean, Nebraska averages, I, you know, give we're like fifth or sixth in the country in, a, in attendance, um, and I'm sure they would like um, full full stands. Um, but I mean, that's not the only thing. They, I mean, last year it's a great example. That, that committee uh, completely uh, uh, kind of threw geography to the wind, and most of the hosts were down in the, in the southeast. I think the SEC had like seven 
like seven hosting sites or something like that. And there was not one uh, regional on the West Coast last year, which was the first time ever. And of course, um, you know, Arizona makes the the World Series and 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 goes all the way to the title game. Um, so, you know, I, I just I don't think they're just going to throw the Big Ten a bone because they want want us one of us to host. But I mean, I guess if you really want to want to dream, I, I think if Nebraska sweeps Penn State. Um, and looks dominant, winning three games uh, in the conference tournament. You have an RPI maybe in the you know low twenties range. Um, that's possible. I think the uh, historically speaking, the the highest RPI that's ever hosted is like in the low thirties. I think they they gave like Arizona State a host uh, a couple years ago. That type of number. So uh, I mean, it, it's it would be possible. Yeah. Now speaking of the question. southeast. Speaking of the Southeast Conference, you had mentioned something the other day about Auburn and like how just the highs and lows and how oh. quickly things can change. So, uh, what a couple of weeks ago they were they were darn near guaranteed a hosting spot. They lose a series, yeah. was it, and then maybe a midweek game, and all of a sudden they started even becoming you know in, in trouble of you know being in at large bid. I mean, or where are they at now? Yeah, it's probably one of the most historic tumbles I've ever seen. I mean, they've lost seven straight now, uh, got swept. At home two weeks ago um, against uh, Alabama in essentially the Iron Bowl of, of baseball, and they lost a mid midweek game, and then they lost. They got swept again uh, this weekend, so they lost seven straight. Um, even last week's poll in say like D1 Baseball or Baseball America, I think they're ranked like 14th in the country. Uh, they've fallen out of both polls, I believe now. Um, and the RPI is like say it again, Skip. They're 24th. Uh, in baseball weeks. America, so they've lost yes. seven straight games. They've yeah. lost seven straight yeah. games, and they're still twenty fourth. They're ranked, but their RPI is forty five, and I, I, I mean, I think they're probably still in. But if they would get you know swept again yeah. or something like that, I mean, oh, they, dro- they dropped eleven spots. Can the can the SEC yeah. do any wrong? But the in RPI any dropped from. Well, the you RPI know, dropped from. There's only three SEC teams in the top ten. And none in the top four. Yeah, I mean the um, you know number one team in the country. Actually, one of the questions that Boomer asked, and I just didn't answer. Uh, that sounds like something Honky would do. Um, <laughs> or maybe it was. Honky I am forty now, I so you know I you know my mind. I Honky is a man. A He's forty. I'm a uh, man. Was like who, who else is out there for national seeds? Oregon State has been uh, a dominant team this year. Uh, I think they're forty something and four. Uh, they're already wrapped up the Pac-12, who is a conference that doesn't play a, a tournament. Uh, so they have two more weekends of, of conference play. They've already wrapped up their, their uh, automatic bid. And uh, they've been number one in the poll for eight or nine straight weeks, number one in the RPI for just as long. Uh, this is a team that Nebraska lost to twice uh, early this year. Um, it has not hurt RPI to have them that high up. Uh, that's for certain. Uh, and this, this is also a team that last year – uh, missed the tournament. They did not make the, the the cut last year at the expense of someone like Nebraska, who was a bubble team who got in. Um, team that's been up there at just as high as Oregon State for most of the years, North Carolina, another team that missed last year from the bubble, um, who had a good RPI, but uh, had a losing conference record, and they, they didn't make it because of that. Uh, but they've actually been surpassing their own league recently by Louisville, who's just been on a tear. Uh, Louisville's got a, a really good a two-way star, Brandon McKay, who pitches and hits, uh, probably a player of the year type guy, and um, is really solid. ACC's 
uh, solid this year. I mean, SEC is still, still going to have a lot of hosts. Florida's going to host. Kentucky's been up there all year. Uh, LSU's been on a hot streak. Uh, Mississippi State could host. Um, South Carolina's actually on the bubble. They've been struggling. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, Mississippi will will be there. Uh, well, they're they're a little bit bubblicious too, but and they probably won't host. But um, uh, having a, a decent season again. SEC's, you know, it's kind of funny if you look at like the the history of college baseball. SEC's been dominant in getting teams in the World Series, but they don't always win national championships that often. Same thing with the ACC. I mean, Virginia won the the national title a couple years ago. It was the first time the ACC won a title since '55, which is ridiculous, right? I mean, it's a baseball conference. Well, what the hell conference just, is Coastal Carolina in? Uh, they just moved. I can't remember what they were in last year, but they're like down in the Sun Belt now. They're they're probably not going to make the tournament even this year. So that was just a, a, an amazing run and, and a, a great senior class for them. Um, but yeah, that's you know Fresno State's won a title and they're obviously mm-hmm. not a Power Five. Um, yeah, you've got a, a, you know, more recently you've had some SEC success. Vanderbilt won a title not too long ago, and then South Carolina went back to back. But besides that, LSU really dominates that category for the SEC. Um, but, you know, that's a whole different era than back in the day when the Pac-12 would, you know, they won like, I don't know, something like 19 out of 25 titles or some crazy thing like that. So, um, so it's LSU, a pretty – go ahead. LSU is to SEC baseball as Kentucky is to SEC basketball as Alabama is to SEC football. Is that fair? Yeah, that's, that, that's fair. Probably less um, cheating, I, would, I, I wouldn't – yeah, I wouldn't say <laughs> that um, – I mean, Kentucky basketball really dominates. I don't think LSU's that dominant. Um, you know, Florida makes the World Series a lot. Uh, Texas A&M has been very competitive. Uh, both Mississippis uh, go quite often. Uh, so, I mean, it's a little more balanced than the, the Kentucky example, but you know, it's not, not far right. off. I mean, my closest comparison is like Rutgers baseball is to Rutgers basketball as is to <laughs> Rutgers football. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not sure if, if that applies or not to this. I just blacked out for a minute. Sorry, I just turned 40 again, so I'm back. That's right. It's tough being a man, Hunk. That is. I'm 40. That's I'm right. a man. That's right. Uh, so, you know, I think uh, the Huskers are in, in good shape. I think more interesting maybe talk than just, like, kind of the current status is, like, you know, where where is Nebraska baseball going forward under Erstad? Um, and you know, this, this status of big 10 baseball honkies, you're alluding to how we're better now, you know, how can that actually start? And, you know, why are we better and how can we keep that momentum going? I think is a, you know, an interesting topic. Well, and, and the big think, 10 part of that topic is important because I think it's, it's important that we have a, a conference that challenges us. I think when you had Van Horn get here, and you go back to 1995-96, Iowa State was dropping baseball from the Big 12 and that was a that was yeah. kind of a that was an option for us, drop it or, or bring somebody in here. We bring in Van Horn and playing against the Big 12 teams, the the Texases, adding those teams in there. It it made a lot of sense at that time to just say give up, let's not try to compete with Buck Belzer and all that. And it was the challenge of the conference, those good teams that 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 elevated, I think elevated us to a level that we experienced for, you know, close to 10 years. If we were in the Big East right now, like Creighton is, where you are literally playing dog turds every weekend, you know that's <laughs> it, there's no yeah. challenge there, and there's and there's nothing to make you better. And so, 
you know, Michigan should be good in baseball, and 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 Indiana and and Maryland. Those are you expect. I expect Ohio State to be better. These are big time athletic programs. Wisconsin should have a great baseball team. They don't have one. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's right. You ex- yeah, I really, I, I really don't want to play Wisconsin in any other sports if we can help it for a little while. That's, uh... <laughs> yeah, we can play them in hockey. Yeah, maybe that'd be fine. Ooh, ooh, that could be a. We could have a hockey talk sometime. That'd be fun. Yeah, exactly. So talk frozen four. Yeah, I agree, Honk. I think that. Um, you know, uh, historically speaking, uh, you know, Michigan's probably been the the best program in the Big Ten. Um, previous to Indiana making the tournament a couple or the World Series a couple of years ago, Michigan had last made it um, in '84, so mm-hmm. they had gone. You said that thirty years? That's crazy. Uh, but before that, um, it, the Big Ten was a re- regular uh, attendee in Omaha. It was a little different tournament, though, right? I mean, the the modern tournament that we have today—that's sixty-four teams and and has a, this much analysis uh, to it in the selection—wasn't um, the case um, before in the late '80s or so. Um, it was I don't know, somewhere between 34, 32, 34, 38 teams, kind of were adding a, a two as they went, and it, there were truly regions where, like Michigan and like Maine, used to go to the the World Series all the time. Um, they they would play in a regional like a four or six team regional, and it was uh, geography based. So they're you know playing uh, competition against the same, and you know uh, that probably wasn't the, the exact you know most fair way to determine the the eight teams in Omaha for the World Series. So they ultimately started changing that, and it really just got slanted towards the the, the warm weather schools. Um, and it's kind of gone back and a little bit more balanced now because of things like that RPI. And, and and now with the Big Ten, I think the investment is is there, right? I mean, if you actually go around the league and look at the stadiums, uh, even Iowa has improved um, crappy Dwayne Banks Field. Um, still not great, but uh, Northwestern's really small, but it's, it's a brand-new facility, essentially. Indiana's brand-new. Minnesota built a brand-new stadium. Uh, Purdue built a brand-new stadium after they had that really good run uh, a couple years ago. Yeah, um, Michigan State Michigan's has that in, nice that nice stadium just north of the the capital there. I think it was we drove by. Yeah, and, they share that with a minor league team. Yeah, mm-hmm. Michigan State, uh, Ohio State, Penn State, um, all have like four to five thousand seat um, uh, stadiums that kind of look a little bit like Haymarket Park, I would say, and are relatively modern in that sense. Michigan's has been refurbished multiple times, but it's probably about the same size. Um, I think Maryland's is probably one of the. the more average parks out there, actually, which is again is odd because they they bring one of the better programs. I think it's obviously helped that the Big Ten in general that they two of the 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 pro or uh, you know colleges they brought in Nebraska and Maryland had a following and an interest in in having good baseball programs. And then with the Big Ten, the BTN money flowing into those stadiums, they've improved their facilities and and their coaching staffs. I think. Um, and that's resulted in being going from a one big one bid league um, most of the time over a twenty plus year period to now seeing three four uh, teams get in. Which if you keep on doing that um, and your recruiting can start to to peak, um, you know, I mean that's that's a good sign. I think if you could get to the point where that's always a consistent, uh, your league champion might might always be hosting at some point. You know, that that'd be a good good thing. That was your primer, Redcasters. Go Big Redcast producer Skip here. We hope you've been enjoying the podcast. If you'd like to follow along throughout the year, 
please subscribe to the show on iTunes. You can also listen and follow on our SoundCloud page. And if you like what you've been hearing, please tell a friend or family member about it who you think would also enjoy this Husker Talk. If you have any questions, comments, disagreements, or topics you'd like to see discussed or debated, email us at gobigredcast at gmail.com. And you can also find us on social media and follow along with the crew as they post and crack wise about all things Husker sports on Twitter and Facebook at GoBigRedCast. And now it's Scarlet Colored Glasses. And we're back on the Go Big Redcast, and we are putting on our scarlet-colored glasses for this next segment, talking all things Husker football program and and whatnot. And, you know, uh, our social media director, also known as Honky, um, Hello. has been busy at the uh, the, the Twitter uh, the last week or two. He, he discovered that you could do polls in Twitter. And so if you're following the Go Big Redcast on Twitter, you may have answered a few of these these polls. Uh, Honk, uh, how many did you release in the last uh, week or two? Well, in, in honor of turning 40, I released 40 polls last week. <laughs> and 37 of them, none of you uh, responded to. But we have three uh, that, that people actually did take a liking to. I'm I'm learning that what you post actually goes out there live. And uh, and I've been told by the other Redcasters to stop doing so many of those things. And, and, and in well, my old maybe age, that's I the next, next poll you can ask is how many poll questions do you want to answer on a weekly basis? In, in my old age, I, I've, I've learned to sit back and listen. And, and so I'm doing that. But these were three good polls, I think. These three. Because uh, right. people actually did respond. And so we even got yeah, retweeted, well, which I hear is, is a big thing these days with the kids. So... Yeah, we've been building our following. I think it's it's we're, that's great. Um, I just want to make sure we don't burn people out. But let's let's talk about three of our more <laughs> successful Twitter polls. Starting with one that got uh, eighty four votes apparently, um, which was uh, a poll about uh, which apparel brand would you most like to see Nebraska partner with? Uh, options were Adidas, Under Armour, Nike, and Wildcard. Which I'm unfamiliar with that brand, but I'm sure they're it's all the rage. Uh, that should have said and, other, but I typed it as wildcard, and that would explain ah, that. And it goes live as soon as you hit submit. So there's yeah, you can't edit a no. tweet. Apparently. No, there's no editing so, on tweets. That's part of the curse of Twitter. Yeah, what you yeah, yeah. as our president has learned. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, a lot of people have learned <laughs> that once you tweet something, it's out there forever, even if you delete it. Yeah. Well. Well. Anyway, so, anyways, um, Adidas. Adidas, you know, won that with 62% of the vote, and Under Armour was 14%, and Nike was 23 And I think what kind of struck me a little bit there is unique was, I think if you asked that same question two, just two years ago even, I think Nike and Under Armour would have ran away with the 1-2 on that. You know, Adidas really kind of had a, I don't know, the, their, their brand name, whatever. It really was going downhill in the last few years as teams were dropping them left and right. A lot of, of uh, yeah. you know, Power five schools drop them, but now they're kind of getting this resurgence here. This three stripe life that the that you know all the kids are are all the hashtagging and the whatever the double they're doing, yeah. and and so they're you know they're getting back. Adidas is getting back into it, and I think it kind of gives Nebraska something unique here that we were the we were the first team to get Adidas back in ninety five or whatever. We were the big one, and now again, it's something that kind of makes us unique. That were really one of the few teams left. I think A and M and I don't know if it's Miami. Yeah, I like think Miami or just picked up Adidas, didn't they? Yeah, They're like been a few random, but they've lost Tennessee and 
and a lot of Michigan, others. Notre Dame, they've lost a bunch. Yeah, and I think that, yeah. that is UCLA, a big thing, having them as a kind of a unique identity here. Um, you know, Nike, that's everybody. I mean, every program is anybody has Nike. And even within our own conference, Under Armour, that's uh, one of Maryland's big boosters. Wasn't the uh, founder yeah, of Under Armour right. a Maryland uh, graduate? That's why they have all the crazy uniforms and uh, rather creative helmets that uh, that we all see and love every week. So, you know, if we were an Under Armour brand now, we would just be a follower of Maryland, which just sounds awful, quite frankly. Ugh. Yeah. I think Adidas, uh, you know, I, I think the retro look is a bit in right now, and Adidas has a lot more of that than Nike, so it makes sense. And, you know, I think Oregon's uniforms are played out just a little bit. I mean, people are like, I've seen that one before. Um, and so, and, and to Honky's point there, I think a couple of years ago, they had a, a several duds, I think, with the alternative uniforms with Nebraska, but at least last year's was a little bit better and, and better received, so they seem to be on a high note. Yeah, that's the one thing. They can't leave the uh, alternative uniforms up to the uh, intern to remember the night before that, oh, crap, that's due tomorrow, so let's uh, <laughs> grab some duct tape. You know, we can't have that. <laughs> Do we know what game that is? Anyone? Oh, for this year? It's usually against another Adidas team, typically. Oh, yeah, so, I mean, point. I think is uh, Illinois – no, they're Nike, isn't it? Illinois Nike. Nike. North, it ends up almost by default being Northwestern, it seems like, anymore. Is it Northwestern Adidas? Yes. Really? I did not know that. I, I, right. You know well, what? That probably that probably takes some fact-checking. I just said that way too quickly, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, th- I think you can call that one out, Boomer. Look yeah. that up. Skip, you, I think you had a question, though. Yeah, how long is your contract running through uh, with Adidas? Do you know? I could say a number, but... Ma- Again, Mike would have to, or so Boomer would immediately have to fact check that as well. So I'm just going to say seven. The answer to that is seven. It's actually up in a, a couple of years, um, but they're likely to re- renew at this point. What what I did see was there's the list of like how much each contract was worth, and ours is you know a little bit older of a contract, but it is shockingly low financially compared to what UCLA just signed with Under Armour and some of the other uh, newer contracts that have been signed. So you know, financially, Nebraska is a program that's been doing remarkably well. I mean, we're, we're in the black. We're one of the few on a hand, you know, on one hand, you can count that about pay for everything and are self-sufficient as an athletic department. And yet we haven't received the money yet from the, the Big Ten increase that we're going to get. We haven't that's received right. a larger amount yet from from the shoe contract. And so you get those two things, you know, going. And, and that's a lot more money that we can give to I-Course, like, you know, the Big Ten's giving to uh, Delaney. So. I mean, no. I mean, it's things that we can do for the kids. I'm sorry. It's for the it's for the kids. I, I should have been more clear on how much you get, but that's good information to know. Uh, how many more years do you have left on that contract? Which I think Dave answered to two to three. Yeah, I think it's up relatively soon. Yeah, I said seven. So, and and I know I'm way off. So, I just threw a number out because you asked me a question. I, I felt I'm sure the need Boomer to answer. is fact checking this as we speak. Uh, why don't we go on to the uh, the next <laughs> successful Twitter poll, um, which uh, was one that uh, caught my attention. Uh, ESPN has a uh, game by game breakout through their you know computer simulation, whatever it is, and uh, the 2017 season predicted Nebraska would finish five and seven. So uh, Honky asked, uh, "What do you think? Are we going to go five and seven or worse? Six and six or seven and five? Eight and four or nine and three or ten and two or better. 
And actually, it was 10 or 3 and better, but I couldn't go back because of Twitter and fix it to 10 and 2, but everyone understood what I meant, so it was 10 and 2. I was really proud of this question. This is this is one of my, my better questions out of the 40. Yeah, and it looks like uh, 90% of the respondents, uh, not just the listeners, honk, but the respondents, oh, yes. uh, because we have so many more people listening on us than the actual uh, Twitter responders, mm-hmm. uh, think uh, Nebraska will do 8 and 4 or better in 2017. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I think that I, speaks right away to, to expectations immediately. So, you know, obviously you've got what the FPI was that came out of ESPN saying 5.5 wins, and then you have ESPN actually breaking it down to 5 and 7. Um, clearly, I didn't Nebraska actually look fans at the, the game by that. game, huh? Can you run through that and tell tell me which games they, they had us losing? Uh they had us losing a lot of them. They had us losing to <laughs> they had us losing to Northwestern and, and Iowa and Ohio State and Penn State and Wisconsin and Oregon. And then there was one other surprise. I think Minnesota, they had us losing at Minnesota. So wow. it was a, a surprising number of them. Is a lot of that based off of returning starters and the stats they put up uh, in previous years, like, you know, lost production? Well, I think I'm not sure it can entirely of, be a returning starters. I mean, if you look at Oregon, what are they returning? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it may be just loss of production, something. I mean, I'm just trying to figure out why they're so down on Nebraska. Sure, when we you know, didn't finish a season on a high note, we did go 9-4. and four. Um, So I'm just looking at, like, from a production standpoint, if they look at that and they you know have no reference of, of Tanner Lee or the hype machine that he is – is like well they've lost a four year starter in Armstrong, lost a lot of wide receivers, lots of lost their starting running back, um, and so I I just I, I it's not uh, the ESPN FPI or whatever that had us at five and a half wins is a, a metric driven you know thing it's not like you know some guy saying win or loss um, so I'm just trying to figure out like why it's so low because it just seems. Well, you know, it could be a thing. I mean, it's ESPN to begin with. I mean, they could have one guy doing the first three games, gets fired, and then the next guy does three games, he gets fired. (laughs) And, you know, there could have been four different people, you know, picking our one season for for all we know. But I would say it it seems a little (laughs) ridiculous that we go nine and four a year ago. And even someone like me, you know, again, the 40-year-old curmudgeon, as I like to call it, that, that is, you know, can be negative about certain things. It seems a little odd that we can go nine and four a year ago and then basically essentially have the same type of schedule, except now we flip it and start playing home games against Iowa and against Wisconsin and Northwestern and Ohio State, and that we're a year further into this. I think nobody would sit there and say that we would have been better off if we kept Banker and had that defense. Uh, So the defense should be better. And then offensively, I don't think anyone out there is saying, you know, we look so much better if we would have had Armstrong running this offense than any one of the the QBs we have right now, Lee or O'Brien or Jebbia. So you, you add all that together. I don't know why it makes sense to say that we're going to go five and seven. I mean, I'm, I, yeah, I don't, I'm not saying we're going to go 10 and two or 12 and zero or anything like that, but five and seven seems like a really odd number to be predicting us to go this year with all the things that we have coming back and based off of what we did a year ago. I, that seems a little crazy to me, but yeah, well, I guess we'll, we'll find out one, one other poll you did that we don't need to dive into tonight. You asked, what your favorite uh, preseason magazine was. I think it'll be interesting to see what Athlon and, and Phil Still, et cetera, um, if they agree with ESPN's. Uh, because I'd be, sh- I'd be shocked if someone like Phil Still, who's usually um, uh, higher on Nebraska than, than, than most, 
um, but does have everything on metrics. Uh, also picks us at five and seven. I just would be be shocked. Phil uh, still liked one out. of our tweets, so I'm I'm you know I'm pretty yeah. pleased about that. I love know? Phil still. I mean, yeah. his magazine is like the Bible when you dive into the into the stats. Um, all right, let's uh, do one more Twitter poll uh, conversation, and uh, this was my favorite actually. Uh, was OU to the Big Big Ten? Uh, our good friend Barry Trammell at the Oklahoman. Um, had a uh, an article talking about um, is you know OU a viable candidate for the Big Ten, and so Honky asked the question: If you could accept any one school to join the conference, who would it be? Uh, OU, Notre Dame, Kansas, or other? And uh, the Sooners uh, won with a sixty percent vote. Uh, Notre Dame at forty percent. Uh, no love for. Uh, the Jayhawks at all. Honk, what do you think about OU to the Big Ten? Well, I mean, I, you know, I, I've seen a lot of options where they, where they would say they would kind of group teams together. Like we wouldn't just be adding one school, but it would be two. And um, I, sure. you know, the way About I asked 14, this was obviously just one school at a time. And OU would be my clear choice out of all of this. I couldn't imagine, imagine what that, that, Thanksgiving weekend would be like where you have Nebraska and Oklahoma playing on Friday and then you have Michigan and Ohio State playing on Saturday. You'd have the two biggest rivalries, you know, in college football history. I know history. Jim Delaney's thought about it before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's got the that's money he to make it happen. 20 million now, so. bucks for. It. Um, that's right. But that's just what what that would do to bring in Oklahoma. I I mean, I'm I would be completely for it. It would also get rid of some of this ridiculous talk about trying to force rivalries with Iowa which in my opinion is never going to happen if anything we maybe would be a rival with Wisconsin if we pull our end of the of the weight but you know trying to trying to go down a level to Iowa and say that's going to be our rival um that's that doesn't get any Nebraskan excited I mean that's no more than when we were playing Missouri or K-State or Colorado and they'd win a game or two here that didn't that never sure flipped the switch for us so I mean we need a big time program like an Oklahoma or Wisconsin to uh, to kind of be that 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 measuring stick there, Boomer. Uh, you know we when the the conference realignment was uh, happening now five seven years ago, uh, we we talked at length about this for quite a bit. And with your Texas connections, um, what are your your thoughts if OU had come? Which keep in mind here, the Big Twelve has been obviously a, a disaster uh, for quite a while. They do have their uh, TV rights. Uh, committed to the uh, length of, uh, or the, the 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 media rights are tied to uh, the a duration of till 2024, I believe, or 2025. So if Oklahoma would want to leave before, then they'd be giving up all of their their TV revenue um, wherever they went. So it won't take, uh, won't happen right now. But if OU was uh, the, on the top, would they bring along uh, a Kansas or a Texas um, into the Big Ten? Uh, that's a good question. I'm not sure what the pressure would be on Oklahoma. Would there be pressure for them to bring uh, Little Brothers Oklahoma State along with them? Are they going to have that in-state trouble with that? I don't know. Um, I'm not sure if the Big Ten would look at somebody like Oklahoma State. You know, uh, one of the things I don't think Tremel, so. uh talked about in the article was the whole academic side of things with the AAU being normally of big importance, even though they knew we were getting kicked out of it. But as far as that would... Uh, 
I could see Texas being a type of program they would like to bring in, but Texas brings its own headaches with the Longhorn Network and quite a bit of attitude on its own. I'm not sure if that's quite the quite the program they would want to bring in here. You know, the Big Ten tries to portray itself as a conference where everyone works together, we make all of our decisions jointly, and it's all uniformity as far as decisions go, and I think bringing in a school like Texas would probably upset that. Kansas... Kansas is a nice program as far as basketball goes. It would certainly cement the Big Ten as that. As far as football, which we all ultimately know is the driver behind most of these decisions, all except for Rutgers, um, <laughs> Kansas, they're a dumpster fire. I mean, why did, why they even bother half the year, I don't know. I mean, what's the last win they've they had? Don't know. Yeah, they don't even know what they're doing at this point. Uh, what, did they beat Rhode Island in the last two years? Is that their I one win? they got or one like win that? last year. Yeah, yeah that's... So that's a tough sell Island, as far as that goes. Um, yeah, I think KU does actually. If there's there's a very few basketball schools that actually bring value, and KU probably does do that. Um, Texas is that's a whole nother uh, ball game, and I, I just can't imagine the Big Ten willing to to take that on um, unless Texas really changes their 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 tone. Uh, I, I you know I, I really like a website. Uh, it's called Frank the Tank Slant, I believe. A uh, guy out of uh, Chicago who really breaks all this stuff down. He's always been high on OU and KU, I think, and uh, I've, I've kind of bought into that. Um, it seems like with uh, uh, Boren, their um, he, he's a their chancellor or president. Uh, he's always throwing stuff out. You can just tell that OU is not exactly happy, and he's he's laying some sort of foundation or an exit. It feels like, but. Uh, only time will tell. I yeah, think that conference is yeah. on its last legs. I, I don't think there's any questions about that. I, no one really has any illusions about it lasting. Really, I don't think past their 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 rights with the TV. So. What you don't think West Virginia is a natural fit, Mike? <laughs> well, I'm not sure TC <laughs> is on, a natural Boomer. fit to be honest with you. Or Baylor at this point. So, well, I think <laughs> Oklahoma. Is, to answer the the original question about do we think Oklahoma you know, should be the, the, the team coming in the Big Ten. At the very least, I think we look at Oklahoma as the team that holds all the cards right now. They're the one program, you know, we had our last conversation, the last Redcast was about the Kings and the Barons and all that and how the Big 12 only had two, Oklahoma and, and, and Texas. And right now, Oklahoma has options. If they wanted to go SEC, if they wanted to go Big Ten, heck, if they wanted to go ACC, I really, Pac-12. I mean, they could go any any direction and and they would be accepted. Now you start to get into the politics. You know, do they have to accept take Oklahoma State with them? I don't know how much things have changed now in the college football landscape in the last five years. Five years ago, things looked like you know they were going to blow up, and then you start to have oh certain certain things that that seem like you know you could never happen. You could never split A and M and Texas up. Sure happened, and. And, you know, well, you can't split Kansas and K-State up because of in-state pressures. Guess what? They, they came that close five years ago to seeing themselves in the Mountain West. So I think anything could happen. I, I'm personally, I'm in favor of an Oklahoma-Kansas addition. I think what that would do basketball-wise, number one, I mean, Kansas is such a national brand on that. Football, you would you would add two teams to, to our division. We'd have eight in the West. And it would be hard to call the West a, a weak division if you've got Nebraska, Oklahoma, and Wisconsin sitting in it. Um, and, and just a, a side note, it would also split the East-West geographically a little better. It'd give Purdue to the East, which, quite honestly, the East could probably use a Purdue when you've got the, the, the powers that they've had. 
And then what did we talk about for the first half of this? Uh, we talked about baseball, and you want to talk about adding Oklahoma, you know, to the Big Ten in baseball, and even Kansas. I think won it a few years yeah. ago. I think that there's there's a lot of positives in addition to adding a good chunk of real estate, you know, to the to the conference footprint too, because it is important for the conference to go from I think Rutgers to you know the Red River. That only makes sense Absolutely. geographically. <laughs> and then we can bus kids around and then we can it's just have Delaney's ties. In, we can have ties in every sport and bus kids around and uh you know that other 20 million can you know go back to Delaney. So I mean but do you still That's think it. Notre Dame is the uh ultimate prize for the Big 10? Was it Tom Chatel referred to them as the uh, Daisy Buchanan of the Big 10? I believe in an article last year. <laughs> I'm great. sorry Mike that that who is Notre Dame still the ultimate uh ultimate goal for the Big Ten? He I doesn't think. know who Daisy Buchanan is. That's all right. Uh, yeah. so, this would be a good time for all of our uh, podcast listeners to to Google that and Wikipedia a little bit. So, And then mock, mock honky on Twitter. Exactly. Incessantly. Well, I just didn't um, hear it. I'm, you know... I'm still new to this podcast thing. I've got, you know, I've got <laughs> earphones on and I'm no, turning it's 40. A, it's a, Damn it. It's a good question. I, I feel like that, that, that boat has sailed with Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, you know, they're in with the ACC. I, I don't see it ever being figured out i'm sure if they would um suddenly change their tune i i think the big yeah. 10 would be listening but I, no, I don't notre think dame and texas don't want to play nice with conferences they they are built to be independent by themselves i mean hence the only two programs that have their own tv networks at, you know at a major level and just i mean who are the big time players right now in the big 10 just politically it's ohio state and michigan look at those two schools and think of how nicely they're going to play along with texas how nicely are they going to play along with Notre Dame if those two schools come in there and, and start to have some demands? You can be the ACC where Notre Dame can say, hey, uh, yeah, we're going to play in every single sport other than football. Hey, and you know, in football, maybe we'll play five of you. I mean, it's they're just – Notre Dame's throwing them little bones here and there. But, I mean, that that's not going to work with the Big Ten. It's not going to work with Delaney. Trivia time. Uh, before we go, I got a trivia question for you guys. We talked a lot about baseball this week. So uh, let's do a little uh, Big Ten history with baseball. You know, it's been a, been a while since uh, the Big Ten's been competitive at the uh, College World Series, but we have won uh, national championships. Can you guys name the national championship teams from the Big Ten in NCAA baseball? Oh, I don't know if I could give you all the years. I'm pretty sure Michigan's won several. Back, you said they Didn't were. Didn't they win one when Jim Abbott was there? That sounds about right. They did, they did not win anything in the 80s. The last time they were in the World Series was 84. That would have been with Abbott okay. and Barry Logan. They didn't win in 84. And, uh, okay. I think uh, Chris Sabo might have been on that team, too. But uh, they have won national championships, uh, multiple, I believe, actually. 53, 62. Did Minnesota have, like, Dave Winfield? Winfield? And did they? Minnesota did have Dave Winfield. Did they uh, make the turn? At least the CWS. Did they ever make it? They did back yeah, in the fifties yeah, or sixties, I think. Too, they were a pretty regular, well, quasi regular appearance back then. I think they've got a couple national titles. Yes, they do have yeah. multiple national titles. Uh, three of them, I believe. Uh, latest was sixty-four. Winfield was there in the seventies, um, and was a pitcher and a um, outfielder. Um, I think they lost the national title game in 73 to USC in a really epic game uh, where he had a really great pitching performance. But, uh, yeah, Minnesota most recently was in the World Series in 77. 
Anything, any other guesses? I'm plumb out of ideas. I don't. Well, Indiana's made the tournament. That's correct. Yeah. Um, really has Ohio State made it? Ah, I would just assume, just based on sheer size, they probably made it a few times back in the the pre-modern era. Won, I guess if you want to call the, it that. They won the national yeah. championship in '66. Okay. '66. Um, '66. So I mean, really look at that run. Uh, you have Michigan winning in '53. They might have actually won one earlier than two. No, '53. Minnesota in '56. Minnesota again in 60, Michigan again in 62, Minnesota again in 64, Ohio State in 66. That's, that's a pretty good run of success. Um, and uh, really since the 70s when they were a regular attendee but um, uh, not winning, they just fell off the, the NCAA baseball map. But a good run there in the 60s um, by the Big Ten. So there's... Uh, three Big Ten teams with national championships. All right, good, good. Little little education for everyone out there that Big Ten once was good in, in baseball and maybe they can be good again. Um, all right, let's uh, finish this up with some uh, some final thoughts. Uh, Honky, you want to start? Sure, yeah. I, uh, we're kind of doing a little segment here now at the end where we just give ourselves 30 30 or so seconds to kind of chat about something, anything we want. And uh, I don't have anything specific about Nebraska sports to talk about tonight. So I just want to give a couple shout outs. One to another uh, podcast, the Middle Ages podcast. Uh, Nate Merrick and Matt Mosman, they gave us a nice shout out the other the other week. And I, I'd like to repay that favor there. And also to uh, Mr. Dan Swoboda, who did all the graphics uh, for the, the Go Big Redcast that you see. So. If anything is copyrighted or nice. if we need to be in any kind of trouble, that would be Dan Swoboda to direct all questions to him. So, <laughs> you guys Uber, hear that bus you... coming by? Boomer, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you got for me? Well, my only hot take again this week, similar to my, uh, my opening hot take, um, I just look forward to seeing the Big Ten next time they get sued by somebody at Northwestern just simply saying there's just not enough money available to pay scholarship athletes. There's just, just no money available anywhere to be found. So <laughs> It's all about the academics. It really is. We're all about the, the student and the student athlete. So keep sending checks to Delaney. If you can't right. be an athlete, be an athletic supporter. <laughs> Producer Skip, what are you thinking about? Well, you know, I find it hard uh, that uh, to believe with for political reasons that uh, public funded schools like Oklahoma State and Oklahoma would uh, split up, same as Kansas, Kansas State. I find that the uh, government giving them money would say, no, you guys got to stay together. Uh, UT, on the other hand, was a different system than the Texas A&M system, so maybe they had some uh, different leverage of breaking that rivalry up. I will say you should huh. instead focus more on kicking Rutgers out and uh, CSU's available uh, should you guys uh, want to upgrade your conference. Let's get back into the uh, Rocky Mountain region. That's a great idea. Market Media Market 16 here in Denver. Absolutely. New stadium going up there. It's available. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is that right, stadium final... opening this year, by the way? Is this it... year? This, this year. fall. It is. Against Skip, Oregon State. To... August twenty. Are you going to that game, uh, Dave? You and I will be in Minnesota. <laughs> we have a wedding to go to. Skip is going to miss the opening. Of, I'm going to uh, miss the stadium. The Rams' opener. new stadium. It's rough. Yeah. Well, it, it, it only happens once. I mean, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. That's all you can do. All right, my final thought Fall is... weddings. Fall weddings. Yeah, Maybe that's my hot take. <laughs> my hot Less take. fall weddings, people. Yes. Don't do it. Uh, all right, final take. Uh, actually, uh, I'm going to uh, throw a little uh, thing out on uh, Big Ten softball. Uh, my wife is a big college softball fan. We watch it all the time in our house. Uh, probably one of few. And uh, just uh, uh, kudos to the Big Ten teams that made the NCAA tournament. I believe five made the tournament this year. Um, but um, the opposite, a, a big boo to the NCAA selection committee who uh, gave Minnesota, who was the Big Ten regular season and tournament champion, uh, has the most wins in all of uh, college softball this year with, I think, 53 wins, a two-seed. Um, and they have to go to Tuscaloosa to play Alabama. Um, oh, they did geez. not get a host of regional. And even if they could go through Tuscaloosa, then they play Florida, which is the number one seed. So they've given them not only um, a, a road trip to SEC country, but about the hardest route to the World Series they could do. So that's just a, a bunch of BS, in my opinion. Was Saban on the uh, committee? Probably. Uh, oh, yeah, as a side note, if you want to talk about SEC bias, all 13 SEC schools that play softball made the tournament. First time ever. That's All crazy. 13. Super duper. It's, it's ridiculous. All right, guys. Well, well on that note. Great. Great talk. Uh, you know, maybe that's the topic here in the over the summer is our SEC bias conversation. I think Boomer could go uh, have a field day with that one um, with stats to back it up. So uh, we'll, I'll look forward to that one. Uh, but until next week when we have more Husker baseball talk and, and, and more Husker talk in general, that will do it for the Go Big Redcast. Go Big Redcast.